the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm Bud Elliott, and this is my college football summer school series on Cover 3. I bring on the team experts from the 24-7 sports staff and ask them the questions I care about. No fluff. Which players will be toughest to replace? What position groups are sneakily better or worse than I realize? We get you the scoop on each team in 20 minutes or less. Let's go. Hey, guys. Bud Elliott here. Welcome back into the Cover 3 College Ball Podcast. It's a summer school series, and today we are talking a heavy. We are talking Texas, and for that, I'm bringing on my man, Chip Brown, the foremost expert in the Texas market, Horace 24-7. Chip, welcome to the show. Hey, bud, man. It's great to be here on Cover 3 Summer School. Let's let's do this. No doubt, man. So last year, uh, eight and five, uh, one of the absolute best by the power ratings, eight and five teams you'll ever see. I- I'm sure Texas fans would probably take the reverse of that, right? Like a, you know, 11 and one, but maybe the, not a great 11 and one. They'd rather have, have the wins. But I mean, they did grade out across pretty much all the power rating systems, which are kind of more predictive year to year than record as a top 10 football team. They did a lot of things well, and they did a couple things that were just kind of killer in some games, two and five in, in single score games. I mean, third down execution. It, it had to be sort of frustrating to cover this team's at the time, I would imagine. Yeah, it was because Steve Sarkeesian, offensive guru, he was brought into Texas to match wits with Lincoln Riley. Uh, of course, Riley's now at USC, so the door is even more wide open for Steve Sarkeesian. But the guy's great at scripting plays. It's almost like the first half, he gets off to good starts. He had double-digit leads against Texas Tech, against Oklahoma State, two games that Texas ultimately lost. Uh, and the Oklahoma State game was was really painful because he was averaging six and a half a carry on one fourth quarter drive with Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, and then 11 yards per carry uh, on a second drive in the fourth quarter. And both times he decided to throw it on second and third down and, and came away with uh, a loss is what he came away with. And so, you know, it's, it's fascinating. He should have won that game. Absolutely. Against Oklahoma state, Texas tech, you got to give them credit. They were down 14. Joey McGuire went for it eight times on fourth down, converted six of them. I don't think Texas was prepared. They hadn't seen Texas tech 
go crazy on fourth down yet. That was the Big 12 opener for both schools in Lubbock last year. But, you know, it's fascinating to me that Steve Sarkeesian goes and hires Paul Christ, uh, the former Wisconsin head coach and a guy who's known for running the football, finding different ways to pound the rock. And I think that's reassuring because it seems to me like Steve Sarkeesian gave up on the run last year at times, even with Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson in the backfield. Now without those guys, uh, you got Jonathan Brooks and, and you know some young guys, CJ Baxter, Jaden Blue. Um, it's it's probably good to have Paul Christ in the room, maybe nudging Steve Sarkeesian. Hey, stay patient with the run. Absolutely. So last year that offense was was 28th uh, in in the country opponent adjusted, which feels kind of kind of lacking. Like I don't remember when the last time Texas had a better defense than an offense, but last year it felt like it it did uh, for much of the season. They they had some interesting splits. I want to ask you about Chip. So they were very lethal when they had like play action downs when the run was actually a threat, and they chucked it like they. They hit a lot of explosive plays that way. When they got behind the chains, though, like this was a legitimately poor, you know, second and seven, second and eight type team, and especially like third and five, third and six, they they really struggled in those situations. I, I'm assuming a good part of that is, is quarterback. So I'm curious, like, where do you see Quinn Ewers being better this year if if you do see him being better? Well, I think the second year jump in Steve Sarkeesian's offenses in the past, you know, you look at Mac Jones, um, when he went from, you know, coming in in relief of Tua Tungavailoa to when he was running the show and won the national championship in 2020, the numbers were off the charts. And and I've asked Steve Sarkeesian about that, and he has said he hasn't ruled out Quinn Ewers making a similar type jump, going from 58% completion rate. Mac Jones went to 77%, broke Colt McCoy's single season completion percentage record. I don't know that anyone's expecting that, but you know, a jump to 70% completion rate is certainly going to help Quinn Ewers and this Texas offense convert some of those, you know, trouble situations, some of those second, third and longs, because last year it seemed like Quinn Ewers was stuck on Xavier Worthy and Steve Sarkeesian even admitted at times that he was instructing Quinn Ewers to throw it to Xavier Worthy when, you know, this year you're going to have A.D. Mitchell as a receiving option. You're going to get Isaiah Nayer back from injury after he caught 12 touchdown uh, passes at Wyoming two years ago. You've got Jordan Whittington back. You've got Xavier Worthy back. Um, you know, Steve Sarkeesian's telling people privately that the skill talent on the outside is getting closer to what he had at Alabama in 2019 and 2020 when he had Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle and and John Mechie and just a, Henry unbelievable and core all, receivers. Yeah, just just the ridiculous core receivers. I was going to ask you. I mean, with, with all the guys you mentioned, they also have Jatavian Sanders, who I know a lot of people are very high on at the tight end position. Does this room have like second best receiver room in the country potential? I'm not going to put them in the Ohio State category because they kind of have a guy that basically makes the conversation moot for everybody else. If you're ranking the receiver rooms with Marvin Harrison Jr. there in Columbus, but like, can this be a top two, top three receiver room in the country? I mean, based on Steve Sarkeesian's history, I think you have to put them in the conversation. Now they got to earn their way into that conversation because honestly, the receiver room was a disappointment last year. And again, I think some of that was Steve Sarkeesian's 
inability to f- figure out exactly where Quinn Ewers was in his development and what Quinn Ewers' comfort level was in that offense. Quinn Ewers is a, a bit of an enigma because the last full season of football that he played was his sophomore year in high school. You know, his junior year, he was injured. He only played six games. His senior year, he skipped because uh, he reclassified, went to Ohio State early, spent three months there, and then came to Texas. And I, I consider Quinn Ewers a first-year starter last year, uh, despite being a redshirt freshman. He didn't get any meaningful snaps at Ohio State. Plus, Steve Sarkeesian's offense is incredibly verbose because of all the protections and motions that are in it. For quarterbacks to get comfortable, it it Steve Sarkeesian himself has said, I like second-year quarterbacks in my system. I don't like first-year quarterbacks in my system. And I'll say this, bud, don't, you know, Quinn Ewers, don't leave the field, Quinn Ewers, because Malik Murphy has emerged as a guy who's not to be taken lightly. He's probably underlisted at six foot five. He's probably six six. Um, but the guy has unbelievable arm talent, but this guy has the moxie of those great quarterbacks who've led teams when you didn't expect them uh, maybe to perform as well. This guy has that ability to kind of put a team on his back. Based on what he did at Sarah High School in California, he dragged a team that was not expected to win a state championship to a state championship. He did it with a you know, sprained AC joint in his throwing shoulder. This guy's a warrior. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I mean, his spring game was was unreal. And when I think about like the top backup quarterbacks in the country, I mean, really, to me, it's it's a couple of guys. It's probably like whoever doesn't win the Georgia job, whoever does not win Ohio State, Murphy, as you said, Nussmeyer at LSU, guys that that stayed because they see themselves as perhaps the heir apparent uh, to the job if the guy ahead of them is going to jump after this season. Uh, and the, the the run game around around you know, Ewers or, or, heck, if Murphy takes another huge step or something and, and you know, really contends for it this fall, uh, the, the run game will be something interesting to watch. They do lose 2,200 rushing yards from Sean Robinson uh, and Roshan Johnson. What, where would you rank this room within the Big 12 now that, with, with the returning guys? Well, I think Jonathan Brooks is really talented. I, I think he's going to be the guy on day one, and then it's how he handles that job. I think this kid is really special. He has really good vision. Every time we've seen him on the field, he's been productive, and Steve Sarkeesian has said as much, which is sort of a tip uh, that Jonathan Brooks is going to be the first guy out there. 
Um, he, he's starving from what I'm told. This guy has waited his turn patiently for two years behind Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. Uh, he had a big game against Kansas in a blowout win where Bijan Robinson went nuts for over 200 yards rushing. Um, but Jonathan Brooks came in and, and ran for 108 yards, had a 70 yard touchdown run in that game and he can catch the football. So he fits everything that Steve Sarkeesian wants in that running back role. He's a bigger guy, which Steve Sarkeesian likes. And, and so I, I think this, this running back room is, is underrated. My only question is how, how confident is Steve Sarkeesian in Jonathan Brooks? If he didn't hand the ball to Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson to, to close out the Oklahoma state game last year, is he going to do it with Jonathan Brooks? And, and I think, I think Jonathan Brooks is up for the task. Absolutely. I, I got to ask you here about a guy uh, local to me. I, I live in Orlando, Cedric Baxter. Uh, I, how has he looked so far? A five-star running back that Texas signed uh, in, in the last cycle. I believe he, he was an early enrollee, I think, right? Yes. C4, he he goes by. And he he got Jordan Whittington to give up that number four. Uh, Jordan Whittington, a you know senior, fifth-year senior receiver, uh, said it was more meaningful to C.J. Baxter than it was to him. But C.J. Baxter is a sponge, and this guy is, man, he's he's hungry too. And that's that's where I think, you know, he needs some time in this offense. The biggest part, obviously, is blitz pickup and, and his assignments in protection for the quarterback. If he picks that up quickly and shows in fall camp that he's – digested everything that he learned in the spring, then he's going to be in the rotation. Jaden blue is, is an interesting guy. He's a burner. He, he hasn't shown yet that he can, you know, pound between the tackles like Jonathan Brooks and CJ Baxter being a bigger guy. And so it'll be interesting to see if Jaden blue ends up as more of a scat back, kind of like Keelan Robinson, who's still uh, at Texas after transferring from Alabama. So it's a, it's a deep running back room that, Sarkeesian has shown he'll use three running backs, um, but really it'll probably be two. And C.J. Baxter could could get into that uh, that rotation with Jonathan Brooks. I don't know how many Texas fans know this. Obviously, Chip probably knows it. But like seeing this kid, Baxter can really catch the football. And in fact, he was used as a receiver quite a bit uh, during his sophomore year of high school. We've seen him play some seven on stuff. So be, be on the lookout there for, for Baxter to catch the ball maybe a little bit for texas uh Chip, his high school coach said he had the best hands on oh yeah that edgewater team there's there's no doubt i mean he was he was a special player uh for edgewater offensive line wise i felt like texas sort of turned a corner last year uh, they were very healthy up front for the most part they had four guys play at least 825 snaps which is great and then the fourth guy or fifth guy played you know played 750 but it kind of felt like they were more physical than, than they had been in prior years, now everybody returns. At least on my depth chart, maybe I'm, I'm missing somebody here. Are they just running the same five back? Is there anybody who we think has a chance to step up and burst into the starting lineup and maybe claim a new spot? Yeah, I mean they they were pleasantly surprised with the play of Cole Hudson, who um, started every game at right right guard despite having an AC joint sprain all year. The kid was so tough; he did not want to have the surgery. Um, until after the season, he had that surgery. He he played ahead of of DJ Campbell, who was the number one ranked interior lineman in the 2022 recruiting class. 
Now, I'm hearing DJ Campbell's making his move and took advantage of all the reps that he got in spring football while Cole Hudson was out. And they really like Cam Williams, who's a six foot seven, 350 pound um, tackle who uh, is behind sixth year offensive lineman Christian Jones right now, but he is ready and, and they feel like he can step in as the number three tackle on the left side or the right side. And then, you know, whether it's Cole Hudson or DJ Campbell, you've got your your third guard. You want to have three tackles, three guards, and two centers. And uh, Connor Robertson, another freshman, they feel is is a prime backup uh, at center for Jake Major. So you're right, Bud. They have that's the reason why I I take Texas seriously this year. I've covered this program for 30 years. Uh, Texas fans always think they're you know, this is the year, but they're actually solid in the trenches for the first time really since 2006, 2005, um, when they won the national championship. Even when they went to the national championship game in 09, that offensive line wasn't wasn't very good. That was all Colt McCoy and Jordan Shipley um, making it happen. So this is this is the first time since, you know, really 20 years that Texas looks solid in deep in in both uh, the offensive and defensive lines so let, let, let's switch over to that defensive line last year the defense was 15th in the country it was pretty bent but don't break uh when it comes to you know defending the pass and executed pretty well like occasionally like late game situations they struggle to get off the field at times uh but still a, a really huge jump for a defense that in 2021 was was a bit of a sieve like they lose what just Keandre Coburn and Mauro Jomo, so that's two defensive tackles off the defensive front. What, what's your level of confidence in this group, Jeff? Well, they are they're deep, and so while losing Keandre Coburn, who was a really you know evolved into a really good uh, one technique who could hold the point of attack against the run, and and then learn to push the pocket, and Mauro Jomo more athletic as a three technique, they'll miss those guys, but. They, they have Tavondre Sweat, who I think is an NFL player who can play both the one and the three technique. And the guy that everyone is raving about is Byron Murphy, who reminds Texas um, fans of Roy Miller, who okay. was just that undersized plugger who seemed to be in on every tackle. Uh, th- these two guys are going to be the keys to the defense, in my opinion. So they have to stay healthy. Um, they like Baron Sorrell, who had five and a half sacks last year, long armed, athletic. He's gotten bigger, stronger, more confident. And then the guy to watch is Anthony Hill, the freshman, the true freshman, number one linebacker in the country in the 2023 recruiting class, because this guy um is capable of playing middle. He's capable of playing weak side linebacker, but he is special uh, rushing the passer. He was in high school. It showed up again in spring football. He has a knack for getting his hand on the football when the quarterback is holding it, you know, causing turnovers in the backfield. Uh, Privately, the coaches don't want to get ahead of themselves, but they they're intrigued uh, by Anthony Hill. So um, remember that name. Absolutely. Literally, my next question that I was going to ask you was if the defensive line takes another step and turns pressures into sacks, who gets those sacks? And I I think Hill and and, uh, and, and Sorrell, uh, obviously the answer there. 
at linebacker, they do lose three of their top four, at least by snap count. So uh, Overshone, uh, Ovi Agufo, and uh, Tucker Dorsey. What's the level of, I guess, concern or, or, or confidence there? I mean, that's, that's quite a bit to lose off a of defense. But Jalen Ford uh, does come back. Yeah, Jalen Ford is the key there. He's if, if you're talking about guys who cannot, uh, you know, be off the field, Jalen Ford for this defense, he should have been the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year last year. Um, my gosh, he had uh, four interceptions, uh, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. Every big play that Texas made defensively, he seemed to be in on. Uh, they forced a fumble late against Iowa State when Iowa State was driving to for a go-ahead score late. I mean, he um, he just is always around the football and high football IQ. So whether you have David Benda, who's a fifth-year guy who's waited his turn behind DeMarvey and Overshown, who I think will probably get the first look at weak side linebacker, um, or if Anthony Hill develops into that guy immediately, they've got – a little bit of depth, not a ton. And, and Maurice Blackwell is another guy, Mo Blackwell, uh, who moved from safety to linebacker. He's gotten bigger. He's really fast, good instincts. So unproven, but some talent there. But Jalen Ford is the key. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! In the secondary, uh, they return, honestly, quite, quite a bit. They, they lose Jameson. They, they, they lose Anthony Cook. Who, I feel like I've seen those guys play some level of football ever since the uh, the Falcons and Patriots played that Super Bowl in Houston. Remember that? Were you at that Nike camp back when Nike still had camps? And it was like, oh, Nike was like, oh, it's cool that we're doing this opening camp the same weekend of the Super Bowl, with the exception that we had to go pay like $700 for a courtyard outside the woodlands and <laughs> drive. Like, anyway, those guys were there that day. I remember thinking, like, Tyler Herman's got a decent little class put together. They had, I guess, solid careers, maybe not quite up to the level of, uh, of what their rankings were, you know, coming out. I, how do they replace those guys? It, can this secondary be even better than it was last year? Yeah, I think the the stability now with Pete Kwiatkowski settling in, he's a guy who, um, you know, there was so much turnover uh, on defense from Tom Herman. You know, he changed coordinators the last two years that he was there um, from Todd Orlando to Chris Ash. Then Sarkeesian comes in with Pete Kwiatkowski. I think some of these players were like, we're learning a third defense in three years, um, but they – they found success in the transfer portal with Ryan Watts from Ohio state last year, who was solid rock solid at the boundary corner. And they brought in Gavin Holmes from wake forest, who they love guys, a burner. Uh, and then Jalen Catalan coming in at safety from Arkansas, who, you know, had a little cleanup surgery on that shoulder and Texas feels like he's going to be uh, back to the Jalen Catalan who, 
was, you know, an all SEC freshman at Arkansas. So I do think there's a chance this secondary is better. Uh, if Catalan is back to his old ways and he, he did not like playing the middle safety in that three high safety look. He wanted to be more of a free range rover in a two safety system. He's going to get that. And, and then you bring in, you know, Malik Muhammad, uh, the number one corner in the 2023 recruiting class. They've got a lot of length at that Terrence Brooks, who, you know, decommitted from Ohio state and came to Texas uh, they got a lot of length at corner. They got a lot of athleticism, a lot of competition. And I think that Texas feels like they're going to be okay in the secondary. They're not deep at safety. And that's, that's the big concern. You need Jalen Catalan to kind of be that guy along with Jaron Thompson, who's another veteran uh, for Texas at safety. I, I'm liking a lot of what I'm hearing about these Longhorns. Been depth along both lines of scrimmage, loaded at receiver. You got some quarterback depth. Linebacker safety depth concerns. This is this is something I think Steve Sarkeesian. They should be considered the favorite to win the Big Big Twelve, right? Like that they are. Would you take Texas over the field? Like should they be odds on in your opinion? They should be. Okay, they should be odds on. They're they're they have the most talented roster. They've got experienced leadership at every meaningful position on defense. Um, the fact that they've got all that experience up front on both lines and a quarterback who should be ready to make a big jump in the second year of Steve Sarkeesian's offense. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of teams looking at Texas's roster and saying, man, they might just finally put it all together this time. They might not get, you know, dizzy on their press clippings. They might actually grind this thing out and, and go win a big 12 championship. Um, so it, it, you know, I, I look at this team and I say, it's a player-led team. The culture's good. Steve Sarkeesian hasn't lost players he wanted to keep to the transfer portal. In fact, he's gotten players. A.D. Mitchell from Georgia uh, at receiver is like a windfall. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, no one's talking about Jatavian Sanders. He was the first team all Big 12 tight end last year in a matchup nightmare for teams. So it it looks really good. And Steve Sarkeesian's really good at spreading the ball around. So it's it just looks like it's coming together, but you know, I think that also makes Texas fans nervous because they have battered fan syndrome. I mean, they have whiplash from all the times they thought Texas was about to break through. And because somehow we did not mention this guy's name, I think he's my one of my favorite players to watch in college football because he's what like, kind of reminds me of a guy that I grew up watching. I love Walter Jones coming up, like you know, who played for Florida State and then NFL Hall of Famer, first ballot guy, like never allowed any sacks on Hasselback for the Seahawks. Kelvin Banks, man, is so much fun. Like, you don't see these tackles just played with this level of nastiness that much anymore. He, he, yeah. he messes guys up. Like, this is if you guys do not watch, I'm telling you, like Kelvin Banks on Texas is a really fun watch. Watch their left tackle. He's he's a nasty, nasty dude. Yeah, started num big number seventy eight. He started as a true freshman, and in week two, he's got to take on Will Anderson. He did not give up a sack to Will Anderson. He didn't give up a sack to Felix Anyuduke Uzama, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. He didn't give up a sack to Will McDonald, the first-round pick in the NFL draft out of Iowa State. I mean, this guy is special, and nothing's too big for him. He's a guy who looks out for his teammates. He's a, a really solid leader. Uh, Jordan Whittington told me a funny story last year during fall camp 
Whittington dropped a pass and all of a sudden he sees this big 78 running down the field saying, it's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll get him, get him next play. And Jordan Winnington's like, this guy's a freshman. He's like telling me everything's going to be okay. I've been here four years. And so that's, that's just who Kelvin Banks is. He's, he's a special guy and you know, he's, he's, he was an all big 12 performer as a true freshman and, and is the leader of that group as, as a rising sophomore. Schedule is within the conference. I feel like the schedule is very manageable. Like you don't have any of these kind of way out of their road trips where you have to go to West Virginia or, or to Lubbock. I mean, the, the farthest they go is Ames. Several of, the, of their conference game, conference road games are within uh, the state of Texas, what at, at Baylor and, and at TCU and at Houston, uh, you get Oklahoma technically the home game this year in Red River. That matchup week two, though, uh, I feel like that is that's one that the whole country is going to be watching. And if, if they win that, and Chip, you're ready for this hype to go just through the roof, right? If they go in, if they win in Tuscaloosa, they're going to be like playoff or bust for sure. Yeah, and Bud, I said before last year's game that I thought Texas would have a better chance winning in 2023 in Tuscaloosa than they would in Austin facing Bryce Young, facing Will Anderson. Um, and, you know, here's Nick Saban. The guy seemingly has had to replace coordinators every year. This year he's replacing both. He brings in Tommy Reese from Notre Dame, not one of his ex-fired uh, coaches association members. Uh, he goes and gets Kevin Steele from Miami. We're not quite sure who the quarterback is. I mean, if you're going to, have any shot at ending Alabama's 24 game home winning streak, 18 straight at home at night. It's probably when there's uncertainty, if there's uncertainty at Alabama and simply because you've got so much change and it's early in the year, maybe it plays to Texas's advantage, but again, they'll have to, to prove it. But I know that that Alabama game is keeping these guys motivated all through summer workouts. And that, that helps. It helps to have a big marquee game, especially after losing to Alabama, the way they did last year, kick a 49 yard field goal with a minute 29 left to go up. And, and then, you know, Houdini Bryce young finds a way um, to get them down the field and kick a field goal to win it 2019. Uh, this you know, this group, this team, it, it burns in them and it's going to serve as great motivation through the, through the summer. Chip really enjoyed the conversation. Horns 24 seven is the place to go. Check out that QR code on the screen. Horns 24 seven podcast as well with the flagship the Longhorn blitz and the state of recruiting. Chip enjoyed it, man. Hey, bud, anytime, man. Absolutely. I've had you back on. Horns 24 seven.